Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast, where we dive into tactical strategies to grow your business and make an impact on this world. A huge part of success is keeping your mindset and vision on track. So this is a major part of our process and this podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. This week, we have Monica Hollins, founder of OTBC LLC, aka Outside the Box Consulting. Monica, welcome to the show. Thank you. So happy to be here, Erin. Thank you. So super excited to have you. So let's jump right in. Can you give us a little bit about you, your background, and how you got started? Yes, I'd love to. Um, Aaron, I just want to say thank you again for having me here. I'm really excited to be able to share more about my business and, you know, what I offer and how I really got started in um, the world of consulting. I um, love it. So, you know, I been, you know, in, in the business of community building for about 20 plus years. And it really started in back, like pretty much out of college when I was um, starting, when I was working in like events for uh, the city of Tempe. And then the, what was kind of funny is I, I really wanted to be a sports marketer. And um, I worked in game day promotions and I thought for sure that's what I wanted to do. But I ended up getting on this crazy um, path that through that I ended up working for a private health club. Mm. And when I worked for the private health club, I ended up getting a, a position as a program director. And I'll never forget what my first uh, boss, my, my GM had said to me when I started working for him. And he said to me, he said, you know, the, his name is Rick. And he said to me, he says, I want you to build community within community. I also want you to be outside your office more than you're inside your office, which at, you know, 23, I was like, how in the world is that going to happen? <laughs> you know, I have so much to do. Right. Um, I mean, I said, I, you know, 23 year old me was like, great. I, I don't want to sit behind a desk. But then the, the logical me was like, how am I going to get everything done? But I didn't realize, you know, how his words would end up shaping my career. Hmm. You know, I, I looked at it at that point as at being a very um, specific, you know, order, so to speak, and, and goal for that position. However, you know, what he was sharing with me it was really about creating like social well-being mm. and you know which is you know really developing and sustaining meaningful relationships with others you know about you know how allowing ones to feel valued and authentic and providing um, a sense of connectedness and belonging and that's what builds community and that is what he wanted me to do right he knew that you know, he had this amazing private health club that everyone wanted to be a part of. But if he just had that large health club and that people were just coming there just to take a class, you know, spend class and leaving or just coming, you know, to get on the treadmill and work out and leaving, there was no sense of place to keep them there. Mm. 
Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so his task to me as the program director is I want you to create a community within a community. And so my job was to create all these different programs that would keep people connected. And so I started creating these communities from hiking clubs to, um, you know, having from hiking to running to, you know, even like fencing programs and my basketball leagues were really intense and impressive. Now they were already that way when I started. Right. And my job was just to continue to nourish them and help them to flourish. Mm -hmm. But that was the magic of this health club, right. Is that not only did we have all these different clubs, but we also had events that also brought people together Mm -hmm. that were free, that gave people an opportunity to get to know each other. That made them so when they saw each other in the club that they would be like hey how are you and now instead of them passing each other by or just waiting for them to get off that treadmill (laughs) right and staring at them awkwardly now they're having a, a conversation with them and it really created this magical place where now people aren't just part of this health club they're part of this greater community And so that really kind of got me, I I didn't realize it at the time, but it really got me excited for building community at such a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, you know, I was able to take an opportunity to be a lifestyle director at a, you know, community association and spent, you know, the last 15 years, you know, going from there to community manager um, and then being with a developer for six years as a director of lifestyle services and I really got to jump in and do so much from overseeing all their programming and lifestyle for um, their national projects to also helping them look at their amenities and how should we be building their communities and their amenities and you know what should be going in them and you know, what, what do residents want to be able to connect? So, you know, it's, that's just, I guess, a, a quick nutshell, but really the, the foundation I would have to give it to my first career that I never would have thought would, would have been that catalyst. That's so interesting. And I, I, lo- I love this topic because so many of our listeners are, um, you know, entrepreneurs, some do it full time, some do it on the side, but everybody wants to build some sort of a community or customer loyalty, you know, to have them keep coming back. And it's, it's tough, you know, it's not an easy thing to do, you know, just wake up one morning, and it's like, I'm gonna build a community today. There's a lot that goes into it. So you decided to, so we'll, we'll get into that. But you decided to go out on your own. So tell us a little bit about that and how you started your own consulting firm. Yes. So that was really kind of, um, I guess I could say it, (laughs) it was God. I, I, if I just put it bluntly, um, you know, for me, I was thinking about it for quite, you know, some time here and there, you know, kind of, I toyed with it, I guess. I I wasn't really 
thinking about it. I kind of toyed with the idea, but then I'm, I would chicken out, um, to be quite honest. And But I had a lot of people who believed in me and who could see my skill set that would tell me that I should do it, right? They would say, oh my goodness, like you really are needed in this sector. And if more people had you, you know, if more developers had someone like you, you know, our, our industry would be so much better, so different. And, but, you know, hearing it and doing it are two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I got to the point where, you know, my contract had ended with my last client who I just loved and adored. And it was time for me to kind of make a decision, like, which way do I go? You know, do I continue down the path I was in or do I, you know, go down this new road of opening up my own business? And I was in the middle of doing this um, prayer Mm -hmm. journal and book called Draw the Circle. And it was kind of on point and the timing is amazing. But I remember opening it up and the question in the journal is, what do you want? I kind of laughed and I was like, that's a great question. If only I knew, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of, I closed the book and I was like, I need to think about that because I don't know what I want, you know, cause I'd been interviewing and nothing had really felt good to me. You know, like people ask me, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I would say, well, you know, there's so many different things I can do, you know, but I couldn't really tell people exactly what I wanted to do because I felt like, I just couldn't pinpoint because there's so many different things I could do based on my, you know, my background. And little by little, I, it was like, I was hearing this whisper almost like you need to start your own business. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to a past colleague of mine and she was getting me set up with one of her, um, w- with her, her boss at the time. And he, she's like, yeah, I think he wants to talk to you about a contract. And I was like, you know what? that's it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to open my own business. I'm going to start it. And she's like, I've been telling you, you need to do it, you know? Like, right. And so at that moment I went, I wrote it down in my journal and that not, so then I went for a walk and this is the craziest thing. I went for a walk. I come back and my past client, one of my past um, colleagues that I worked with, with the client contacted me and she's like, Hey, I have someone who's looking for a lifestyle consultant. Can you help her? It's like, are you kidding me? I haven't told anyone yet. This is nuts, you know? And then my former client um, boss, so to speak, she then contacted me as well. She didn't realize the other person had contacted me and asked me the same question. Wow. And I was like, all right, I'm, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so that actually really launched me into this, this like, I'm starting my own business. And so I, you know, said, yes, that's great. They con- connected me with the, the lady who needed the lifestyle consultant. She's like, great. I need a proposal in two hours. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like I didn't have a logo. I didn't have, um, an LLC. Yeah. I didn't have a proposal. I had nothing at the time. 
you know, and I had thought about names, but honestly, at that moment, they kind of like were gone. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing outside the box um, earlier in the day, and I remember it sticking out to me as really connecting with me because so much of what I do is really outside the box. You know, I'm, I know it's such a cliche, but that's just, if someone tells me no, or it can't be done, I am looking for other ways for it to be done. Right. Um, and so I, I was like, well, outside the box, that's, that's it. And so I created my own logo. I did all of that. And then I sent the proposal over about two and a half hours later and, you know, and then got my LLC registered and then, you know, got my largest client, you know, a couple of days later. And from that point on, it just really stuck. And then realized that, you know, once I registered my LLC, that outside the box was taken. And so my official name is OTBC <laughs> LLC. Um, but yeah, so that, that was my journey and it just happened so fast. It was, it was really crazy. That's incredible. I know. Well, you know, you said earlier, you know, like, uh, you know, and people say that something can't be done, then that's my motivation and I do it. And I think that's the spirit of being an entrepreneur and the fact that, you know, when you were starting to think more seriously about it is when things started to fall into place. Yes. Like my mom always says, you you start out getting a few nudges and if you don't act on it, then the nudges get stronger and you don't act on it, you know, and then you start feeling yes. like these big pushes in life to get you in the right direction. So very, very cool. Um, so building community. So I know that you're mostly in, you know, it's like lifestyle and amenities for, um, it's for master plan communities, right? Is that more of your focus? Master plan and, and multifamily. Okay, so... You know, I think, though, even, you know, if you can share with us, like, the the insights you've learned about building a strong community, you can definitely do it using that as, a, as an example, since that's your area of expertise. And I think people can draw the line. They can connect the dots, you know, to their industries. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, so if you wouldn't mind um, yeah, giving definitely. us some tips or insights around building community, um, <clears throat> excuse me, then that would be really incredible. Definitely. I think, you know, <clears throat> you need to know who's, you know, in your community. Like, I always say that it's important to look at the data and the, you know, the demographic, right? Mm -hmm. So what is the size of your community? Um, where is it geographically? You know, is it in the urban or suburban setting? You know, you know, what is your, or who is your target audience? Um, I always Say, you know, especially when it comes to real estate, what is your price point? Mm -hmm. HOA dues, et cetera. So as I break it down so that other people can use it is you need to know who, who your client is, correct? And so, because you can't get them to buy in if you don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. You also need to know who you are. What is your brand? And how do you connect to your your community and your community is your your clientele right mm -hmm. and and so when i'm when i'm looking at building a community and i'm looking at that social well-being and how do we get people connected i want to get them involved i want to get them to have a stake i don't want them 
to be able to come and go without having any connection with me or and when I say with me with with the with the community right or mm-hmm. with the with the multifamily um, unit so what I mean by that is if I'm creating a master plan community for example I am looking for an opportunity for us to create um, events and programming that will hit each demographic that's there right and so take that for if you are doing a a lipstick right if someone's selling a lipstick they're looking for the same thing right they don't want to sell one shade of lipstick because one shade of lipstick is not going to appeal to their broader market Mm -hmm. right that helps for sales and it helps for people feeling like they belong there so when I am when I appealing to a and building community, I want people to feel like they belong. And I want them not only to feel it, but I want them to know that they belong there. And so by me creating um, amenities that speak to them, so there's two different things that I help developers with. I help them with creating the amenities and planning out their amenities. And I also help them, you know, build the lifestyle and programming. And that lifestyle and programming can bounce off of the amenities that they create. So if we're talking about just the amenities, you know, one is you can draw a lot about what's currently being done today and what what the trends are, right? What are people looking for? So there's a lot of information out there, what people are looking for. You know, people are, are really looking into health and wellness, especially post-COVID. You know, people are, are wanting to be more um, outdoors and indoors, or, and they want to brain if they are indoors they want the outdoors in and they also want um they also want the ability to have you know co-working spaces as well right because so many people are are now working from home so those are you know just a few things the other thing that you know when it comes to healthy living they you know Naturehoods are really important. People want to be able to go hiking and cycling um, without having to go too far. So, you know, knowing that aspect, you know, you you can create your your community. And if you're creating that kind of community, right, then you know who you're going to be marketing to, right, mm-hmm. and then and who your demographics are going to be. And then through that, then you start building that type of community and those those programs based around that. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. And it's like, no, you're right. And it's the same. It's the same for every business. Like people need to know, you know, the target audience, they need to know how to speak to them so that it resonates and they it's a clear message that they want to take action on. And so the amenities and the events yeah, it gets them involved and it makes them feel like they're a part of something, right? They feel included, which I think goes a long way. Exactly. And you and you know, my biggest thing too is you that I really try to instill when I when I give feedback, you know, to my clients is don't build a amenity for one single purpose. Mm-hmm. You really want to build an amenity that has that nine to nine factor, right? From 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Because you don't want a, a amenity that's not going to be utilized and activated, 
because no one wants to walk into an area that no one's using, mm-hmm. right? Because people like the energy. I mean, think about when you go downtown Zilker Park in Austin, mm-hmm. how you, you kind of feed off the energy when you see people walking around there, right? Mm, if sure. no one was walking around there, mm. you'd be like, huh. Okay. <laughs> I guess this, my, is, this isn't that great. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right? But if but with the activation with people utilizing the space, it makes you want to u- use it as well. Yeah. And so you have to be thinking of, you know, not just to to put a, a amenity in just to say that you have an amenity to but make sure it's intentional and that it lines up with who you're targeting. 100%. So, it yeah. can go both ways. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, some listeners will have online uh, businesses, but I think this this works as well, right? Because you can have online events or amenities, you know, that will um, attract your target audience. And oh, so, definitely. you know, some people like do um, online, like virtual um conferences or definitely lunch and learns or all that kind of stuff and and they're they're even you know tangible things that you can like mail out okay everyone who's you know registered for this conference is going to get xyz package in the mail that we're all going to use during this conference you know to kind of unite people um yes and of course groups are you know kind of an old school way you know online groups and that sort of a thing so how do you whether it's in person or virtual just give us ways of like, how do you get that activation going? Because you're right. If you hop into an event online or off and no one's there, you're like, bye. <laughs> so it's like, how do you get people to go and to participate? So it, it's really, like I said, it's it's really the buy-in. So one of the things that I I really believe in is, you know, getting the, the data, right? And one of the ways you get the data is by asking your your clientele. What do they want to see? What what do they want? What are they interested in? That's one thing that I did with my past client is we put out a, a survey, you know, to all of our homeowners when they moved in. You know, what kind of events did they want to see? What kind of programs did they want to see? And that really allowed us from from the get-go to understand, you know, we have that, you know, the market research at the very beginning, right? That told us what who might be coming, <laughs> but then we have the data that tells us who's actually there. And from that, then we can say, okay, there's a lot of people who actually, you know, want to learn how to quilt, or there's a lot of people <laughs> who want to take karate, mm-hmm. right? And now we have an understanding of who our audience is, and now we can create that programming around them. Gotcha. And even then now you know and this worked for online as well and sometimes even better because you with online there's a lot more data i think that you have with um being able to have people's emails and and different things like that without them being so hesitant about giving them their you know about giving emails so you have a way to communicate to them so you're able to show them that you know, if they are looking for, you know, a class on podcasting, for example, that you can present that to them in a way that really caters to exactly what they're looking at based on the the, the survey results that you're getting. Mm-hmm. And you can really market to them. You know, today there is so much, um, there is like through constant contact and 
MailChimp, there's so many great ways to really fine tune your, um, your data where you can actually pinpoint exactly what kind of information they want and then just target that audience. And so you can create those groups, whether it's online or it's not online and really target them and just, you know, engage them on whether it's, whether I'm just emailing the hiking club or whether I am just emailing my online um, chess club, whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. I can, I have ways to just target a certain audience to engage them instead of sending out a mass blast mm-hmm. where they may not see it. I can make it a lot more personalized. And so I think what is really important here is that you have to understand what your clients want. And the only way you're going to do that is to ask. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people feel like they should just know, but I want to be asked, you know, I don't, I would rather you ask me than just continue to throw a spaghetti at the wall. And then I get frustrated and now I'm gone and I'm going somewhere else looking for what I want. Right. And do you feel like you have to encourage or incentivize people to fill out these surveys? Or is it enough just to tell them the benefits of like why you're doing the survey and what they're going to get out of it? That's a great question, Erin. Um, it depends, right? It, it depends on who they are. There are people who are going to move into a lifestyle-oriented community that they understand and they want to fill it out, right? They get the purpose of it and they want their voice heard. And then there's another demographic that, you know, they don't want to fill that information out because they don't want, you know, they don't know how you're going to use that data. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of, you know, hesitant to, to give you that information. So it is one of those things that you have to, you have to know your audience and um, you have to be willing to try different ways in, in finding out. But what I have noticed is that not only can you get that the word out, but if you get other um, participants, so if I get residents out to share the message and, and to recruit people, that's a great way for them to get involved, right? Mm-hmm. If I get community members. And the same thing for online. If there's online community members that are speaking about it, it's just like if, with anything, right? Like if your friend says, hey, we should you know, go to this restaurant, that personal recommendation is so much more is so much more relevant and more um, is such a stronger recommendation than if I'm the one that is running it and I tell you to be a part of it. Yeah, no. I, yes. It, hearing from your peers is so much more powerful, right, than hearing from someone that might be promoting um, a certain product or service. So I do want to hear about, I know that you um, mentioned um surveys and the like, I do want to hear about another tool or process that's changed your business for the better. But before we move on, is there anything else you kind of want to highlight on building a community? I just, the one thing that I think is really important is we just know that, you know, post COVID that it's, it's vital for the success of communities and it is one of those things that if if we aren't doing it, 
you know, we are we're going to get left behind. And it's it is also something that is not only for multifamily and master plan communities, but it's everywhere that it's so vital for for us to be building communities, whether it is where you work, where you, you know, your family, your friends, even, you know, even where you, you know, go to, you know, stay at a resort, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's so important that we build community because we all need to feel that sense of belonging. You know, we have to feel that we belong somewhere because if that's when when we don't feel like we, we belong, that's when we do things that are drastic. That's when we, we disconnect. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, people quit their jobs. That's when, you know, we just see a different side of our society that we don't want. Yep. And I would say that, you know, the one thing I, I, I just want to add real quick, Aaron, is, you know, I did a training for a lifestyle uh, management team. And the one thing I asked them, I said, you know, tell the first thing I asked them is, what, tell me one thing you love about your job. And I had, I went around the table and the two things that came out across was, I love the team that I work with. And I love my, my residents that I work with. Yeah. Those two things. Yeah. Those two things are what bring, what bring them back each and every day. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't have that, then they don't have a place to belong. And I think that's something for employers to understand is that you need to make sure that your people have a sense of belonging, that they feel like they belong belong where they are that they're just not there just doing a job day in and day out but they're connected to the the greater part of the company and that they're there for a specific reason and not just to make money for the bottom line mm-hmm. yeah that's crucial and I I visited it so in Austin there's a community called community first and it's like a you probably heard of it, but it's yes. a, it's a neighborhood. So it's so great, right? So, so great. for listeners not um, not aware, there is it's called Community First. It's in the eastern um, part of Austin, and it's an incredible organization that basically they they offer long term home to those that have been chronically homeless, um, and it's it's just amazing. And so there's these there are these awesome little tiny homes, and it's like a it really is an entire community, um, and they have like jobs you know, that they can do, like, you know, the residents can get involved in or um, events and that sort of thing. So I toured it, I volunteered, it's great. And one of the things that they told us was the number one reason why folks are homeless, like some people might assume, you know, oh, drug use or what have you. They're like, no, it's a devastating loss of support and community, you know? And so it's mm-hmm. that important. So as you were speaking, I was like, yes, you know, it's that important that people feel included and um, involved in something and have that sense of community. And um, I'm going to spoil your next answer too, because it just, just ties so beautifully into this is, is the, the, 
the tool of their process. And you did mention to me that you re- recently started going to a WeWork instead of working mm-hmm. from home all the time. So yeah. I think that ties in so great with community. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, it, exactly. And that's one thing that I realized that I needed, that I needed that community for my for my work life. You know, I have a great home office, but I needed to be out and having that sense of community with others. You know, I talk about it all the time and I'm, I'm working on building it for, you know, developers and communities, but I too need that sense of community um, on a daily basis. And that's what I'm able to get from WeWork. And I've just been really enjoying my time, you know, coming in and, and seeing um, the team here. And it just, it brightens my day to be able to come in here and, and see everyone else, you know, plugging along and doing everything that they enjoy doing as well. Mm-hmm. No, it's a huge part of it. And you had also mentioned that staying active. So online can be part of it too, right? So you're active on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I, I would say that is so important um, to be active on LinkedIn. And I would also say that it is not just important just for from a social standpoint, but also from a business standpoint. You know, I, you know, as building a business, it, it's hard. It's not, um, you know, you, I, I really believe when you think of building a business, you know, it's going to be hard, but I don't think re- people really understand to the depths how hard it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, LinkedIn has really helped me from a connection standpoint and really connect with people and be able to get um, opportunities and connections with people that I probably wouldn't have had, had I not been on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And it's been great to have conversations with people and also learn so much about, um, you know, current current trends and um, industry topics that are happening. Yeah. And so this dovetails nicely into the the next thing I wanted to ask of you, which is, you know, for others wanting to go out on their own, some listeners are just starting out. Some listeners are, you know, much further into their entrepreneurial journey. But um, what kind of insights or key learnings do you have to share with those who want to go out on their own? Yeah, you know, it's, it is, like I said, it is something that is great, but it's also very difficult. Um, but it's also rewarding. So it's, you know, kind of like a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that, you know, you have, you want, you know, you feel like you, you have maybe a sense of freedom, but at the same time, you don't really in a sense that, you know, everything that you didn't have to do before you're, you're now doing, right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're now your own marketer. You're now your own accountant. You know, you're, you're all of that stuff. Um, at least until you, you start getting where you can start hiring out for all that. Um, but the biggest thing I would say at the very beginning is just to learn, you know, research, um, if others have the same business concept, you know, what their pricing structures are, you know, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And, you know, if, and if there are other companies that offer what you do, what makes your company different? So it's not like you can't do it, but what makes your company different? Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is, you know, 
<laughs> your name is more than a name. I, you know, really wish that I had thought of this a little earlier. Um, but like I had said earlier, I had like an, two hours to really think of my name. Right. Um, but, you know, your name is more than a name. So, you know, really think about your name and how is it going to be used when it comes to like your URL, right? Um, not only is it take, you know, is it already, you know, being used from a LLC, you know, standpoint, but what is it when it comes to, you know, your URL, right? Mm -hmm. Is it too long? Is it going to be something that people are going to go, oh, really? Do I have to continue to type this? <laughs> um, is this something that you want to put it on your marketing, right? Like if you're having mugs or, you know, cups or koozies made, is it something that you want and will look good on your marketing? Mm -hmm. I think um, the next, and, and also think about, you know, your brand as a whole. What is that? What do you want that to look and feel like in a mint? You know, I I chose green because green is a color that has always been. It's a, one of my favorite colors, and I it it, it makes it eludes happiness to me um, and heart. And so that's why I chose that. And but you have to really understand, you know, why you're like choosing the colors and and, and choose something that speaks to you. I would say the next thing that's important is your network and making sure that you're, that you know who your network is. Number one, um, you know, I was very fortunate to know of Aaron. I'm going to give you a little shout out here, Aaron. <laughs> um, Aaron um, was in um, a network of mine. And so you know why when I was you know kind of designing my um, my website, um, I was able to have her do some copywriting on it. And I, and in, when designing my website, I have a really talented um, past colleague, Dylan Reed, who is just phenomenal. That created my website, and you know he's you know fantastic, and I can rely on him. And so. You know, it's really like, who do you know that can really help you kind of hash things out and and think things through? And so know who your network is in the beginning. And then also back to what we were talking about before with LinkedIn, expand your network. Mm -hmm. And that has been something that's been like the biggest advantage to me is I have put myself out there time and time and time again at going to industry events um and even when it's like oh my gosh can i afford this i'm like yes <laughs> i can <laughs> i have to you know like when you're just getting started right and it always pays off if you can bet on yourself then you know you're in the right business if you can't bet on yourself then you need to rethink what you're doing yeah um and then don't give up. I, I will tell you, there were so many times that I wanted to give up. And just because it's like, I don't know if I can continue to do this. This is crazy, you know. But when I persevered, I realized that once I got over that obstacle, things got so much easier. Right. And and I think that's what a running your own business will do to you. It, it, it really wants to test you to see how dedicated you are to it. 
Um, and so, you know, I just, you know, had my year anniversary with my business and I can't tell you how happy I am <laughs> um, to have that year because it really taught me a lot. And then the last thing I would say is, you know, make sure you have some starter funds because you just don't know, you know, what it's going to look like down the road. Right. And you typically, you know, you don't get paid, you know, it depends on how you start it. Like I, I will say that, um, I would encourage you to get paid upfront and that's how you should arrange your contracts. Mm-hmm. But some, you know, depending on the type of business you are in, some, um, clients may only pay at the end of 30 days and then they don't pay at the end of 30 days. And then what happens, right? So you need to make sure that you have the, the starter funds to, to not only be able to pay your bills, but to market yourself, to get yourself into the, you know, the, the networking events that you need to be at and to let people know that you're there because if they don't know you're there, then you're not going to get the business that you need to make your, your company a success. Yeah, no, that's huge. Thank you for those tips because I think some people, and it's fine, like get an idea, then you jump right in, but it's good to have these, this prep work <laughs> done before so you have more of a solid, sustainable business right from from the very start. And I'm glad that you mentioned getting paid up front. That is what I recommend. Um, we had a guest on, actually her podcast episode went live today, Nicole Rolander. Uh, she runs a copywriting service as well. And she also was just like, yeah, pay it up front, you know? And so if you can, if you're, that's the kind of industry that you're in, 100% recommend that. And so 100%. you are handling a lot. So what what's part of your routine that helps you, you know, with your business and personal success helps you uh, keep shooting for the stars, but also grounds you as well? Yeah, you know, I before I even like get out of bed, I start my day with a prayer and and then I, you know, I think about after I finish that, um, I think about, you know, my, my day. Um, and then, you know, I will go for, uh, my, my run and, you know, listen to my motivational music to kind of get me going. I just, I, I need that to keep me centered. Um, and then I, you know, I'll come back and I make sure that I have my list of to-dos for the day. I'm a visual person, so I like writing it all down. I like checking it off. Um, and then, you know, I, you know, shower up and then I go to my, go to WeWork and that's where I just kind of hammer out everything, you know, and I, I'm there until I can get as much as I can accomplished. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, for me, I have to start my day with my prayer, my devotional, you know, and then my workout. Um, my workout is not as consistent as my prayer <laughs> <laughs> um, lately anyways, but um, it is something that's really important for me. Um, and it's something that when I, when I do all those things, I, I'm guaranteed a good day no matter what happens. Yeah, no, that's great. So you start your day with intention, which I think a mm-hmm. lot of us do not do. We just kind of jump in, right? We wake up, our feet hit the floor, and then it's like go time. You know, it's like 
getting kids to school or getting that workout in quickly, yeah. not even, you know, you're kind of like a robot. So I love yeah. that part of it. Um, as you look forward, what are the goals and vision? Like, what do you, what do you envision for your business as you, cause you're congratulations on the first one year, you know? And so what's next yeah. for you? You know, I'm, I'm really excited about this year. Um, I have had so many great conversations with prospects and future clients that, you know, I'm, I'm really excited what this year is going to bring and is bringing, you know, my goal this year is really to be able to bring on a couple staff members. That is a goal of mine. Uh, and the reason I want to be able to do that is not only because it'd be great to have, you know, the staff members to be able to, you know, um, bounce ideas off of, but also just because I feel like by having my staff members, not only will we be able to grow, but we'd be able to just assist the clients in, in, a, in a bigger way. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, there's so many opportunities that are coming. And so, yeah, I'm, I, I'm excited for 2023. I mean, it was funny. I was talking to someone at the end of Jan December. I said, you know, no, normally in December, I'm like dreading the beginning of January because I'm like just so drained and, you know, I'm like, I just can't even think about it. But I was so excited for January because of all the opportunities and working with these clients. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about working with the clients and really offering them what they're looking for you know, building community and helping them with both their amenities and helping them with their lifestyle and programming. Yeah. And especially in a post-COVID world, what you, I mean, everybody needs what you're doing, you know, as far as like creating a community, being more involved. So I'm excited for you. I think this is going to be a big year. Um, where can people find you online if they want to work with you or connect? Well, thank you. They can go to consultingoutsidethebox.com. And they can find me there. Awesome. We'll include that link in the show notes. And Thank we you. always end the episode with this question, which is, if you could only listen to one music artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? Mm, that's a great question. I would have to say... Wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> I would have to say... Probably Fred Hammond. He's a gospel singer and he just gets me excited. <laughs> so <laughs> there's one song that I just love of his and it just it just gets me pumped up and it gets me really excited. So um there's so many great singers, but if I had to put one, I would say him because he can do both ballad, you know, slow and fast. So Yeah, very cool. Mm -hmm. I'm always, I think our listeners are always looking for things to get them motivated and energized. That is perfect. Thank you, Monica, for taking the time. I had uh, so much fun chatting with you on this really important topic. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. To keep the fun going, check out our Facebook group, Start and Scale an Online Business, for even more free trainings and resources from fellow entrepreneurs. If you haven't already, head on over to musclecreative.com and click subscribe to join our email list for our weekly updates. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, check us out on your favorite podcast platform to follow us and give us a review. As always, be authentic, bring an insane amount of value, and keep crushing it.